Hello. Welcome to the Hanky Panky Podcast. I'm Hank. I'm here with JJ. Hello, JJ. Hello, Hank. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thank you for coming. You're my favorite strip club bouncer I've ever met. Thank you. Thank you. We were talking a little before we started recording, so why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Where to start? (laughs) Where do I start? Your childhood? My childhood? Okay. Um, I was born and raised in the city of Almani, not the best neighborhood. Um, it's kind of surrounded by a lot of gang members, drugs. So the environment is pretty rough environment. And um, so I had to endure that streets and stuff. And at a very young age, I was diagnosed with uh, cancer, bone cancer in my leg. I had to, um, you know, endure that chemotherapy. I was in the hospital and they had to amputate my right leg in order to save my life. So praise God that I'm here and that I have my sanity and my sobriety and all thanks to God. Thank God you're alive. And you know, it's funny, we worked together two, three years. I never even knew your leg was amputated. Four and a half years I've worked there. That's crazy. I I only had the pleasure of knowing you for a couple years, but you don't Mm -hmm. talk about it that much. Yeah, I just keep it private. Um, I just keep it private from work, my business life, and then my personal life. It's just a preference that I choose to make. The Do same, people use it against you? Yeah, just kind of like the same thing. Um, I kept it private when I was younger because of the things I was doing. Like I was doing illegal stuff, selling drugs, hanging out with the wrong people. Right. And being in that environment, you're kind of around sharks. So once they smell blood, you know, they'll attack. Right. So that's just, I guess, just from my past experiences, my prior experiences, I just chose to keep that to myself. I understand that. So how did you get a job at the strip club? Um, Renee, rest in peace, Renee. He was the the manager at the club. And um, yeah, he was my dad's friend. He was my dad's friend. So I was actually two months into my sobriety. All I was doing was working out and uh, cleaning. And he seen me. He was like, hey, you know, you look look pretty big, you know. Are you looking for a job? You looking to do security? And Mm -hmm. I was like, at the moment, not really. I'm working on myself. You know, I have a lot to do mentally. Yeah, two months sober is like raw. Like the world is still like opening up in your eyes. Mm-hmm. So I was nervous to go into that environment because I, w- I wouldn't trust myself if I was going to be able to not drink or resist the, the, the temptation to do drugs and stuff. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he asked me if I wanted a job. And what had happened? That same night he called me. So the sober life, we're up at 8 and asleep by 10 o'clock, yep. right? I'm in bed by 9 p.m. Yeah. So he, I was in bed by 9, actually, and he called me, like, at 9.30. And I was like, I'm not going to answer it. I'm going to hang up. So he calls my dad, mm. and then my dad's like, hey, Renee's, Renee's here. Uh, Renee wants you to go get dressed and go meet the managers. And the whole time I was scared because I've never had a job in my whole fucking life. Mm. I was 20, 26 years old, never had a job. Damn. So, like, that was my first job interview or going to a job. So, like, the whole way over there, I was, like, trembling. I was, like, I don't know, you know, just doubting myself. But they yeah. loved me, and I worked there for four and a half years. Is there an, like, audition process or no? They just look at you. They, and just, like, they just look at you to see what you're about, <laughs> ask you a few questions. They don't want you to, like, punch a bag or, like, anything? <laughs> no, nah, not get anybody in the headlock or go. They don't tell you to go punch this guy or nothing like that. That's funny. It's so different than the strip club audition. They're like, oh, you look you look tough. You're hired. Yeah, yeah. That's Pretty, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like as a bouncer, though, you get to see the girls in a different way than other people do. So, like, really quick when you first started, what was it like? Were you like, oh, titties, ass, this is great? Or were you like, fuck, this is a lot? 
It was like a little kid in a candy store, you know, because <laughs> I had I had only gone to a strip club like twice in my life. Yeah. So like just going in there, I was like, what the heck? Going into sobriety, I'm gonna be around like naked women all day. Like that was cool, you know, better than working an office job or something. And you know. Yeah, way better. Yeah, hell yeah, and the money's <laughs> good, you know. So yeah. you're not complaining. So how many you work? How many days a week? I had worked seven days. I had worked 33 days in a row at the body shop. Holy shit. I was shit. working five, six days in a row. Because they didn't have no security, no doorman, yeah. no cashier. So I was, like, doing everything. Yeah, you basically made sure no one came in and mm-hmm. hurt us. Yeah, yeah, hurt So you guys. make hourly, and then they you get tips at the end of the night. Yeah. Uh, they would pay me, like, yeah, $100 a day. Damn. Yeah. It's not bad at all. $100 a day, and then the tips on top of it. Yeah, but you're doing everything. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so, uh, the way that our club worked was you, and this is how most clubs work, is that... The bouncer, you know, is doing his job. He's protecting people. If there's, like, customers that are fucked up and yelling, you <laughs> politely. Yeah, throw the fuck out. <laughs> I was going to say politely. But, yeah, I mean, you were nice about it. But so then yeah. at the end of the night, if you want, you know, to let the bouncer know you love them and appreciate them, you tip them. Like, mm-hmm. that's just, like, common standard. And do you know, like, you notice when girls aren't tipping you? Oh, Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. They don't get the treat. They don't get the JJ treatment. They get, they just get that other treatment. Like, like I'll protect you if like your life is in danger, but I won't, you know, pretty much. Yeah. If it's going to cost me my job or something, yeah, I'll help out. But that's valid. Other than that, like it's, I think it's like basic common sense, you know, mm-hmm. like they see other girls tipping and some of them, they're just stingy and you know, yeah. Or like they didn't make money that night or whatever. I understand that though. Yeah. Some of the girls will be like, Oh, I didn't make any money. It's be like, Oh, it's all right. You always take care of me. Don't trip. Like the right. ones that take care of me, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll bend over backwards for you. I'll take care of you. Like, yeah, I literally, I'll die for you. <laughs> I will like, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've gotten into a few fights. Tell just us about it. Come on. I'm nosy. You don't got to say any illegal details, uh-huh. but just what's, what happened? Um, well, I was just outside with one of the girls and drunk ass customer w- tried to walk inside. I don't really remember the specific details, but he was just like, fuck you, bitch. Oh, God. And I wasn't mentally stable and calm yet. Like sensei, mm-hmm. I was still loose cannon because I was like right into my sobriety. And newly sobriety is yeah. like your emotions are fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. So Donald, big brother Donald taught uh, me a like lot. Like six foot ten. Seven foot. Holy shit. Seven foot flat bodybuilder freaking three four hundred pounds yeah i loved when he was there because i knew he scared people oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> i felt invincible i felt invincible by you know yeah him by each other's side i feel like drunk people came in all the fucking time though it was a nightly occurrence where you would have to you know it's hollywood yeah it's hollywood, hollywood. you just got the people that are going out partying mm. high as shit blacked out yeah, and there was always so our club was uh, full nude, which they mm-hmm. don't sell liquor. They sell like fucking beer, but I think it's fake. Yeah, it's that old duels that that zero point zero. Yeah. No alcohol. No alcohol, um, because it's full nude in, in LA. You can't serve alcohol when people because they don't want the drunk people like assaulting them, which is valid. But there's a bar next door mm-hmm. where even me, like all the dancers, would walk next door. It's literally a skip, skip, jab, and a hop away. It's like two sneezes away, yeah. and <laughs> I would go with the customers and get drunk with them and come back like all the time. Yeah. So they come in. So so they were drunk, and what do you have to do? You're next to Donald. What? Yeah. You just, you guys had to fight? Well, that day I was alone. Oh. I don't know if Donald was there or if he was inside. I don't think he was there. I was, uh, he wasn't in, in the building at the time. But yeah, he just tripped on her and I was like, hey, bro, you need to chill the fuck out. Like, you can't mm. come in, get the fuck out of here. 
And he just got up in my face. He's like, fuck you, bitch. And I was like, well, fuck you too. Like, what's up? <laughs> and then he got up real close and I just shoved him. I just pushed him like back the fuck up. Yeah. And like he walked to the corner where the statues are at. And he's like, you want to do it? Let's do that. Oh, my God. So my stupid ass like took off my shirt and I was in my slingshot. Oh, my God. And I went after him. And this dude, I don't know if he was a trained fighter or what, but he was throwing some kicks, throwing some punches. But, like, I got a few in on him. And, uh, <laughs> Not yeah, the trained MMA artist trying for to For real, I was like, fuck. I was like, this dude has some moves. I'm going to get into some trouble. I train boxing. Like, I train yeah. boxing as a hobby, you know, and I do a lot of weightlifting. So yeah. I can defend myself. No, you're fit. I, yeah, yeah. I trust you with my life for sure. Yeah. What's your craziest customer story in the club? Because you've I've looked over some nights and you're like in the club fighting people. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any There's stories? Specifically, no. I've just know I've had to put hands on like a few people. You know. Yeah. I've seen one customer. He shoved one of the girls. Mm-hmm. I was behind the register, and he shoved her right into it, and I jumped over, and all the guys. Donald, Mike, and all the other boys, they just, like, beat the shit out of him. Beat the shit out of him very bad. And he'll never do that again. He'll no. never even think about that. Well, for a lot sure. of people don't think of girls in the club as, like, girls. Like, yeah. they're, like, these are, like, props that we can use. Mm-hmm. So drunk people are fucking crazy, yeah. especially at strip clubs. Fantasia was saying, like, if you want to see someone's true colors, take them to a strip club. See how they act. Do, yeah, you, yeah. do you ever go to the strip club when you're not working? Um, no, <laughs> uh-uh. like I popped in yesterday just real quick just to pick up my check. But mm-hmm. other than that, like, no, I don't pop in. It's not it's not my environment because when I go there and I work, I just know I have something to do. Like right. I'm just chilling there working, uh, you know, watching over everybody. But when I'm there just as a customer, it's kind of like, what do I do? I'm not drinking. Everybody's drunk. Mm-hmm. I'm not on that same um, that same uh, wavelength as them. Yeah. You know, they're just. You know, we're not on the same level, so <laughs> I just feel uncomfortable. It's not Me my too. environment. Like, I've been around that. I know what happens. Like, people, they're just like, oh, come to the bar with me. And, you know, you don't have to drink. No, but you watch them. Yeah. And then they slowly more and more get looser and say crazy shit. And then they want you to drink and you're seeing mm-hmm. drugs. And it's like, this is not what I signed yeah, up for. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I've been around this too long and I know what happens. Right. And, and my sobriety is more important than a night out. Exactly. For I that temporary. Say. Yeah. For yeah. that temporary little fun. That the temporary, temporary little fix release. to like a permanent solution where you need to actually like be able to face your problems. Mm-hmm. I feel that's. Do you think working in the strip club has changed like how you view the naked body like does it get you excited like to have sex and you see like a naked girl or are you like desensitized um in the strip club like it doesn't bother me like i see the naked women i go into the changing room they're naked like eye contact <laughs> like eyes up yeah yeah just eye contact you know yeah. stare at their forehead or whatever like <laughs> it doesn't really bother me it doesn't turn me on like i'm just there to make my money yeah very respectful yeah, that's your yeah. job yeah yeah but outside of the club it's still good yeah Dude, I feel like I've, since working in the club and, like, doing OnlyFans and being in sex work, like, the naked body itself doesn't turn me on. I have to like the person. Mm-hmm. That's uh, very true. Because yeah. nowadays I'm like, okay, nice titties, but, like, yeah, can I we s- talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's, what's going on? What, what, do you got, what do you got going on upstairs? You right, know? Like, like, is there an intellectual conversation? Whereas before I was kind of just, like, a little, like, yeah, dog. you look good, whatever, all right, cool. Like, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. But nowadays, it's not like that. Has your sex life gotten better or worse since you got the job, or is it different because you got sober? Um, I didn't have no sex life going <laughs> into fucking sobriety. Like, yeah. Like, um, this is my first relationship I've been in 
mm-hmm. in my whole sobriety. That's awesome. So like five, I've been sober. July 30th was five years. So five years, two months. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, I've just been with my girl for like two months and this is my first, you know, relationship and I'm learning a lot. Yeah. I'm learning a lot because all of my other relationships were drunk and alcohol, you know, drugs and alcohol. Yeah. So that's just totally different, you right. know, black and white. So. And when you care about drugs and alcohol, you never put like the person above that. Mm-hmm. My number one love was drugs and alcohol. Yeah, so my like, beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my, my vodka and cocaine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my Jack, my Jack and cocaine. I don't think you know this, but actually like, well, you do know this. We used to talk all the time about me getting sober, that I wanted to get sober in the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're like one of the people, you and Vanessa are like one of the people that really, really helped me get sober that's a blessing that's that's awesome no truly because i'd be like one day i'd try to be sober and i'd be sober talking to you we have a really good conversation yeah yeah but then the next day i'd be fucked up and you'd mm-hmm. be like if you ever need something yeah 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 like you know talk to me and that's just what it is you know like i understand what it is to be sucked into that addiction you know not being able to leave because when you would talk to me i would you know, get to see you as a real person, who you were, your heart, where your heart was. And I know you're a good person. I know you're a good person. But with just when you're just trapped into that addiction and nothing else matters, it has you by the balls, you know? Yeah, the craving. Like, yeah. The power of craving is so huge. Mm-hmm. I'd have one sip of liquor and I'd be like, I have to get drugs. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, only, yeah. It was like replaying in my mm-hmm. head. Like, I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. Even, like, yeah, at work especially because it's like the environment in strip clubs Drugs and alcohol are prevalent. Yeah. Even with the no uh, alcohol at our club. They bring the, they bring bottles in. They yeah, bring bottles I in would sell cocaine to people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be like half a gram for like $200. Shit. <laughs> hey, I'm a, a girl boss, you know? That's right. You got to do what you got to do, but everyone there wants to get fucked. Not, I mean, there's some customers that are nice, but most of them want to get fucked. Yeah. Up. Yeah, yeah. Everybody wants cocaine. Like, we were just talking about this the other day at my club. I'm probably the only person that doesn't drink in the club. Mm. Or probably in all 13 of the clubs that, that are combined. Oh, I never thought about it. Do bouncers do a lot of coke to hey. stay up? Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Tell me about a it. A lot, a lot. Like, openly? Like, they just, the managers don't care? Mm, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Like, it's just, it's just like the wild, wild west, you know? <laughs> as long as they're making their money... Yeah. And everything's going smooth and the cops aren't getting involved and the microscope's not, you're not, you know, bringing any attention, unwanted mm-hmm. attention and having the microscope on them. Anything goes, you know? Yeah, they just want you to do a good job. They just want you to make money. That's all. That's that's the only thing that matters is just make their money. Whatever you do back there is whatever. Just just pay me. Exactly. It's, it's don't ask, don't tell always in the club. Mm-hmm. I find the rules can be bent depending on if you bring in money or you're a good customer. Yeah. They don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. Is there, do people at the club that work there do full service? Of course. Mm. It's 95%. Really? 95%. Like, when I first started working there, I didn't think everybody had, you know, did it. And then slowly but surely, one year, two years, three years, four years, I'm just like, okay, everybody has a price. But at the end of the day... I'll suck a dick for a million dollars. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I always say that. I'm like, everyone who sh- sh- shames, like, escorting and shit like that, you would do it too for yeah, a check. Yeah, hell yeah. And some people, especially during COVID, it's like, there's not as many paying customers. Mm-hmm. So for some people, that's how they're paying their rent. Yeah. I just think, you know, be careful in the club. Yeah. Protect yourself. 
mm-hmm. you know the bouncers aren't gonna come in if a guy does something and you it's your word against theirs mm-hmm. and the strip club treats the customers mostly right yeah and um, they have to it's customer service mm-hmm. they don't really i i know you though would stand up for girls you always did which yeah. i'm grateful for hell yeah how do you base your moral compass around that like how do you decide when you're gonna step in um if it's physical it's it's always on site you know if i see anything <laughs> physical i'm gonna intervene i'm gonna you know if if punches are being thrown i'm fuck you know i'm throwing punches too if i just gotta you know physically escort a person out and just throw them out whatever every situation is different it's more of like critical thinking you know at the moment every every uh, situation is different so you just have to adapt adapt to every situation um i believe it's just mainly knowing how to talk to people yeah. It's a respect is a big factor. Mm. So like the environment that I grew up in, I've seen people get shot over just simple disrespect or just not, you know, answering questions the way they want to mm. when they're hitting you up in the neighborhood and, right. and you just want to like act funny and stuff. Like I've seen some crazy shit over some meaningless, like nonsense disrespect. Always. So, so I've brought that with me, you know, just always talk to people with respect. Don't not don't ever underestimate anybody, you know, because you never know. I mean, especially like people would bring out weapons. I mean, the club got shot up. You yeah. never know what people are gonna do. Yeah, yeah. When you tell your like guy friends, like, hey, I work in a strip club, do uh, do they praise you? Well, they want to go, obviously. Right. They're like, oh, come on, where are we gonna go? Or yeah. But but you're like, I'm working. It's yeah. Not like that. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Unless if I got a problem at the club and then, like, I want, you know, my homies to come and be like, hey, this guy's giving me problems. Like, I need some backup. But other than that, like, I like to work alone. I like to yeah. work the front alone. Like, before they used to have, a like, a door lady. Mm. But I'm like, no, I work alone. I, I talk to the customers better and everybody. It's just, I just work better alone. Yeah, you're very polite. Yeah, you're yeah. You're good at customer service. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I find um, some bouncers can be really aggressive to customers and then the customer's mad at the dancers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that never happened with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see that too, like at my club. And what I think that is, is just fear. Mm-hmm. Like when people, they put on that front, like that hard look and they're just like stiff, top flight security. Mm-hmm. They're scared, you know, they're scared. And the environment I was brought up around, like I was around like, crazy mofos so i'm not really intimidated by anybody you know i know i know what i'm capable of doing i know how to defend myself i grew up fighting at a very young age you know and would you recommend that your job to other people who want to get into the club like would you like as a bouncer bouncer, yeah if you're fit for it yeah but it's very dangerous Mm -hmm. i just we just got shot at like two months ago are you okay everyone Uh, there yeah everything was good luckily that the, the outside doors were concrete Oh, nice. But, like, those bullets were supposed to hit me. Mm. Where I was sitting at, I seen, I was doing, like, the angles and everything, and I felt it. I felt it, like, once it hit the walls, I felt it, like, go through my chest and shit. And I hit the floor right away. Holy shit. And after that, I was, like, I was tripped out, you know? I've been shot at before, not at work or at the other club, but I've been shot at a few times, so it's not, like... But still, it's terrifying. Yeah. Do you wear a bulletproof vest? No bulletproof vest. Oh, God, JJ, please. <laughs> Why don't you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't feel like I need it. I don't know. Maybe I do need it, but I just never. As far as, can I ask you a question? Yeah, of course. What is your opinion about me in, like, my profession, how I conduct myself in the club, like your think, review about me. Okay, my Yelp review. Yeah, my I Yelp I think review. Um, you're the only bouncer that's been memorable to me because of the way you treated people. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of people in the club, the one that you worked at with me, they didn't care unless you paid them, which is valid because mm -hmm. that's how the girls were too. Mm -hmm. But if something had happened, the only person who would have taken care of us was you. Yeah. And I always, if anything at all happened, even fucking Ella throwing shoes and <laughs> people being crazy, I would go to you, not mm -hmm. expecting you to fix it, but you always figured out a middle ground, Yeah. which was my favorite thing. Like mm -hmm. truly. Yeah. And also, since you were sober, it adds a whole other factor mm -hmm. because I felt like I could be open and honest and talk to you about things. But other people, no. And no. also, I will say, if anyone's listening to this and they work at a fucking strip club and you're a bouncer, stop trying to fuck every dancer. <laughs> you never did that. You would, yeah. you would think people were hot, but you weren't like, hey, yeah. little mama. Like, yeah, me. yeah. No, I wasn't out there spitting game at, at, you know, at all of them. I was just right no. there. Do you ever get crushes on strippers? Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you can see someone and be like, you're, you're cute. I can, just like on both sexes, you know, I can, I can, ad uh, what's that word I'm looking for? You know, I can, ad not admire, but I can admire a beautiful person, you know? Yeah. Individual, like a soul, like if a guy's good looking, I'd be like, hey, that guy's good looking, you yeah. know? Like he has good, same thing with women, you know? Just Like you have eyes. Yeah. You can tell. Just like genuine compliments is, is how I roll, you know? Like, right. Like. Yeah. But that genuinity, like, is, I feel like, very rare. Mm -hmm. And that's why, like, I wanted to have you on here. I think it's, I don't know. I feel like it's a very touchy situation because also as a dancer, like, you don't ever, like, get really close to people normally in the club. Mm -hmm. But bouncers are one person who, like, are there hired to protect you. And mm -hmm. not all of them do. Yeah. Like, yeah, you have yeah. to be careful. Oh, well, and especially, like, with girls. Like, we've both seen girls fuck people high up to like, you know, make sure their job was secured or they mm -hmm. had security and it's like, yeah, yeah. there's no guarantees. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're just doing that just to keep their job. You know, they did some some shady shit downstairs, robbed somebody or, you yeah. know, did some stuff to get them fired and then they show up the next day and it's just like, you already know what happened. Have guys that, <laughs> yeah. Have guys ever come up to you and been like, this girl robbed me. <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time I heard that. <laughs> I would be a millionaire right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I, I told Fantasia I used to, like, fart on customers that made me mad, but a lot of the girls in there would steal from people when they yeah. made them mad, yeah, which yeah. is, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. You got to do what you got to do. And some people in there were so fucked up all the time that they didn't even notice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I worked at the Super Bowl with Vanessa. It was, like, the last time I ever worked in a club in February, right before I got sober sober, mm -hmm. 2021, and... This really drunk guy, I don't remember his name, was, he kept coming in to see us mm -hmm. and just to sit with us. Like, that's it. Just to sit, not to, yeah. like, even get dances. And he was, like, bragging the whole time about being a millionaire. Like, he wouldn't stop talking. And people like that, it's like, okay, yeah. you, something's coming, you know? Mm -hmm. He gave me his wallet and said, I want you to tip everyone you see 100 bucks. So I flat out took $1,000 from me and Vanessa and was like, okay, this is our tip. Hell yeah. And, I, and then I started going up to every girl and I was yeah. like, here's 200, here's 300. If you're nice, here's 500. Yeah, yeah, wow. How are you going to, but then he was really mad and he was mm -hmm. like, someone robbed me, but he was so drunk he got kicked out. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> you gotta be on your, you gotta be on your right? game in the well, club. He was, he was blacked out on a three-day fishing trip. Like he didn't sleep. Like they stayed up all night. He was like offering me cocaine the whole night, and it was like, yeah, sir, don't give me your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> at your own risk. At your own risk. Don't tell man. me to give out your money. Cause I will. I, I will.
chill. It's like yeah. in Robin Hood. You I know, would it's too, like give, shit. everyone deserves a little bit. You're a millionaire. A little hundred dollars won't. Right. If hurt you're nobody. if you're flexing about being a millionaire, what's a couple thousand? Yeah, not a damn thing. <laughs> let's distribute the wealth. Yeah, you know, I gotta take now. it into our own hands. Let's let's share the love. Let's spread the love to everybody. <laughs> so you don't drink caffeine, is it because you get anxiety? Um, I just recently stopped drinking caffeine mm-hmm. because I was drinking half a Red Bull a day. Half a Red Bull is not bad. I've drinking like four in a night. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I've had, I don't know what it is, because I've had, like, a few attempted suicides with, like, two, 200, 100 painkillers and stuff. And Recently? so. No. Um, oh, okay. Before my sobriety. Got I was it. very, like, suicidal. Suicidal. We can get into penalties. that. But so you stopped because you were drinking Red Bull and now you're like. Yeah, my literally my sight started hurting. Oh, yeah. I started I, getting this pain. I thought I was gaining weight. I was like, oh, shit, I need to poke another hole in my belt. Mm. And it just ended up being like I stopped drinking the Red Bulls and the pain started going away. Got it. So I don't know if I've damaged my... my I don't think you have. Yeah. I mean, we did eight balls of cocaine. What's a little Red Bull, you know? Yeah, true, true. <laughs> but also, when we're doing the cocaine and we're drunk, we can't feel our our, our body screaming at us. You know, yeah. your liver's like fucking hurting When I got or sober, my like organs ached. Yeah. When did you decide you wanted to get sober? When I hit rock bottom, um, I had family members that had restraining orders on me. My lady at the time left me. I was on the streets, homeless. And the cops had just beat the shit out of me. I remember that. Yeah. Show me the pictures. Mm -hmm. Did you end up winning that lawsuit? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck the police. Literally, fuck the police. (laughs) I'm happy about that. Not about the beating. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. It's cool. Beat my ass again. Pay me again. I'll, (laughs) I'll take another ass beating for some money. Stop it. Yeah, for real. So all that happened and you were like, fuck it, I, I got to change something and it's me. Yeah. At the end of the day, yes. Yeah, I, I was like, I can't tell you what works, but I can tell you what doesn't work. And mm. the same vicious cycle that I've been doing has to stop. Like, I have to stop drinking. Right. That's ex- That was me. I was like, I don't know what works. I don't mm-hmm. know shit, but I know yeah. what's not working. Exactly. And exactly. If, if I had, I kept having to drink to mm-hmm. wake up and then yeah. I had to get cocaine to stay up. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't stop. Yeah. And then yeah, I was yeah. like, I guess the common denominator is me and my substances. So, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. hard. It, very hard. Especially early sobriety. I found like I was like, what are these feelings? My mm-hmm. body fucking hurts. I can't sleep or I sleep too much. Yeah. yeah I don't know yeah, how to yeah. talk to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my biggest fear was confidence. Just being able to communicate and just being able to, how am I going to, like specifically, how am I going to talk to a female? How am I going to spit game? I've drank. The only time that I've spit game was drunk and high. Like I wonder what I, you sounded like. You're like, what's up? <laughs> Probably like a dumbass. <laughs> but yeah, it's just different, you know. And I had to learn, you know, just a lot of reading, you know, a lot of reading, a lot of self-development books, a lot of uh, psychology books. I'd like to read a lot of Robert Greene. Mm. And yeah, just a lot of reading, a lot of self-development. Yeah, because knowledge is power period (laughs) (laughs) i did the same i like couldn't sleep so i read a lot in early sobriety Mm -hmm. and also like for me what helped was making friends with other sober people yes because yeah your friends and i have a lot of friends who like they none of them were alcoholics you know Mm -hmm. they like can casually drink a drink they don't even finish it Mm -hmm. and i'm like what the how did you not fucking yeah 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 but it's different than being around someone who is completely sober so you never have to be like are we going to have a night with drinking? Like, is yeah. this, like, anything going to come up? Am I mm-hmm. going to smell it? Like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I found, like, making friends sober really helped. And also, like, going to fucking bed. Just yeah. go to bed early yeah. mm-hmm. and, and do a day at a time. 
period yeah yeah like 24 hours i'd be like okay i can i know i can stay sober for this day Mm -hmm. i don't know my my big trepidation was i was scared of getting married which i'm not even engaged (laughs) but getting married and not getting drunk on my wedding night yeah i don't know why that was just like something that i always thought i was gonna do i feel you on that just like when people they invite me to vegas Mm. like people oh you want to go to vegas i was like my ideal vegas trip was lots of alcohol and lots of cocaine right that was that's an ideal Vegas trip. Yeah. So I've still never been to Vegas, 31 years old. Damn. Well, I went there to go see a passing family member, but never on a vacation. Even in my five years of sobriety, I've never been on a vacation. Like, I started from nothing. When I grew up, my parents still don't have nothing, you know? Like, they don't have a, they don't have a home mm. to where their grandchildren can come over on Christmas and Thanksgiving. So I've just been sacrificing, sacrificing my time and just... You work so hard. Yeah, working very hard, taking advantage of every opportunity that I can just to buy this house, buy a house that way. My sisters can come over, my my parents can come over, like... Invite me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to come. That yeah, would be, yeah. I can see it. For, I mean, you work so hard. What's mm-hmm. like, do you make good tips in a night? Yeah. That's yeah, yeah. And so you get paid a hundred a night at the club that you're working at now. Right now is a hourly wage. Oh, got it. Yeah. So it's it's minimum wage. I think it's like fifteen fifty. Mm. So I walk out with roughly a little bit over a hundred bucks in wage, but. But tips. Yeah, tips. I make. I probably match my tips or make more. Do customers also tip you? The customers is, at this club where I work at. I mainly get my tips from the customers. Really? They just pay you because you're nice? Yes, because I have, like, I work <laughs> I work there five days a week, so I see them all the time. Hey, JJ, oh, what's up? Reg- you get regulars, too. Yeah, yeah, a lot of regulars. You pop your pussy, too. Yeah, <laughs> they, they bring me, they buy me dinner, they take me out, they want none. But, yeah, they'll bring me food. Like, they'll just show up, hey, some tacos or just, like, whatever, it you know. It pays to be nice. Yeah. With mm-hmm. common decency, people really respect. Mm-hmm. And then the other doormen, too, like I said, they're top flight security. They're real strict. They're dicks and shit. Like, hey, yeah, you know, the other doorman's a dick. And I'm like, well, it looks better on me, you know, just make mm-hmm. sure you take care of me. And I ain't going nowhere. He's like, you know what? You're right. They'll just slip me a 20 or something or nice. a 10 or a 5. or. See, but did, did you realize when you got the job that you also were going to have to learn how to, like, kind of sway your way into getting tips? You got to be a little I talker. I was so scared. What was your first night like at the club? My first night? Can you remember? I just remember at the end of the night, my manager, Renee, is like, hey, go upstairs and ask the girls for tips. And I was fucking scared. I was like, what do you mean ask them for tips? Like, yeah, you know, you worked all night. You took care of them. Like, hit them up. You know, you got to get your tips. And that was like my first night working. And I didn't, you know, I didn't feel comfortable. I don't even think I asked for tips. Mm. But I know that a few of the girls, they they came and they tipped me. I'm pretty sure you and Vanessa tipped me (laughs) and you and Ella. Yeah, I remember the first time you worked there, I tipped you. I I think you worked there before I did. But the first time I saw you, I tipped you. Yeah, I remember you and uh, Vanessa, you guys were in like an orange wig. And (laughs) she had a blue wig or something, vice versa. (laughs) When no one was in the club, we would dance to like whale music. (laughs) And like, my heart belongs to daddy and like weird shit yeah we had to entertain ourselves because a lot of people don't realize when the club is open and no customers are there the girls are still there mm-hmm. the security's still there mm-hmm. you know yeah, yeah i can't imagine asking for fucking tips yeah the girls can be scary mm-hmm. people yeah. i've seen people want to fight you hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> for doing the, your job the girls the customers everybody yeah. yeah so when you went home were you like this is a good job though I was, that was my first time actually making legitimate money, you know? Mm-hmm. That was actually, What'd you do before then? Just like under the table shit? Um, illegal stuff. Yeah. 
I just, you know, um, I got tired of there not being any food in the fridge. And just like, you yeah, know, valid. I would be like 16, 13. I'd be like, hey, I'm hungry. There's nothing to eat. It's like, oh, I don't know what to tell you. And then it would just end right there. No, mm. fuck it. I'm going to bed hungry, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I remember just, you know, just did whatever I did, you know, just to make money. Valid. Know? I mean, and also as a kid, that's a fucking hard position to be in. Yeah. I never had, actually, I was thinking about it, like an on-the-paper job mm-hmm. until I did OnlyFans. Yeah. Oh, is, shit. So, like, I, like, was a dance teacher growing up, and I just made cash. Mm-hmm. And I would do, like, privates, acro, whatever. I would do cash. Mm-hmm. And then I was a stripper. Yeah. And then that was, like, that's all cash. Yeah. They don't make you write that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. How was that OnlyFans treating you? Way better. Way better? Really? Well, I think because... I, you know this i'm kind of a lazy stripper like Mm -hmm. i wanted to perform but i hated talking to customers Mm -hmm. yes i would come up to you yeah you're like i don't want to talk to anybody right now (laughs) give me your money (laughs) (laughs) i'd be like pay me or don't talk to me yeah um which was like fine i made okay money stripping but i blew it all on cocaine and like shoes and fashion and whatever you know it's easy when you get fast money it's easy to spend it Mm -hmm. but when i actually when i first started OnlyFans, it was okay right away like i didn't make like crazy money but i was also still drunk all the time Mm -hmm. so i the second i made my first like 5k i was Mm -hmm. like i'm buying you know, like 10 eight balls. Um, Fuck, yeah, I was like, yeah, anyone yeah. who wants drugs, come over. Like, I got you. I was the same way, too. Yeah. I was very generous with my alcohol and my cocaine. Same, because I thought if everyone was doing the same level as me, no one would look at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. You want to be judged. Exactly. I, yeah. I don't want to be judged. Also, I like to either be completely alone and do it or mm-hmm. have everyone as fucked up as me yeah. and do it. But so once I finally got sober and I like truly like my head was clear, Mm -hmm. I went about it in a business way. You know, I post like and I was on OnlyFans for like a year and a little over a year before I got sober. Mm -hmm. But I was like business, like posting every fucking day, doing all this stuff. And I started like seeing the benefits. Um, But it took a while. You know, it took like establishing a bunch of accounts and working mm-hmm. every fucking day like yeah. i post seven days a week every day of the year i see you i see you <laughs> i see you on insta um but i love it now i get to be home yeah i like that i can protect myself and like i was i'm not good at standing up for myself mm-hmm. and i think now i'm better but i'm still it's still awkward you know yeah so at the club i wasn't like fuck you you said you would do this i wasn't that type of girl Mm -hmm. i was more like okay i take the l and i won't talk to them again i feel you but online it's like oh you told me you were gonna pay me this much money i'm not fucking sending you the video yeah yeah yeah, i'm not filming the video i'm whatever and then Mm -hmm. i get to pick people like really hot people i want to collab with yeah yeah and like make the scene so it's fun i feel like a little businesswoman and then i started this podcast because i fucking love to talk yeah but i feel like this is like my hobby you Mm -hmm. know i don't make money off of it it's fun yeah yeah absolutely like a journal like a little different type of journal you know yeah 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 i want to get into mainstream porn and i want to do it Every time I film, I, like, bring a little journal and write down shit so I can write a book one day. Oh, no shit. I think it would be fun. Right on. Right on. Capitalize (laughs) on it. Whatever. I already do it myself, so might as well. Do a lot of the girls in the club have OnlyFans? I believe so. Yeah, Yeah. majority of them. It's it's easy to sell to customers. You know, they're seeing you naked. They want to see more. Mm -hmm. Like, they're all fucking us in their head. Yeah, yeah. Right. (laughs) I, I used to be... I didn't have an OnlyFans right when I uh, was at the strip club, but the last time I stripped, I had an OnlyFans at the Super Bowl, 
And everyone that I talked to, I was like, buy my OnlyFans. Yeah. I wanted to get those, like, print out. If you work at a strip club, you should, like, get your VR code for your OnlyFans, like, stickers, mm. and yeah. just, like, stick it on people. <laughs> Scan think, me. No, I've seen a girl that had stripper heels in Vegas that yeah. lit up mm -hmm. that had the fucking yeah. VR code. I was like, genius. Like Venmo me, right? Or Cash App yeah, me, Zell me. Yeah, Cash App me, Zell me. Here's yeah. my OnlyFans. I've seen that too. It was in her heel, in the back part of the Fuck heel. Yeah. Like the fucking scan part. So cool. Yeah. People are getting like smart these days. I remember the first time I used the, the online banking. Somebody was like, do you have Cash App or Zell or Venmo? I was like, what is that? And she was like, give me your card. Give me your bank card and give me your ID. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, like are you going to scam me? Yeah, yeah, for real. And then she's like, no, I'm going to tip you. So, yeah, she set it up for me. I was watching her like a hawk the whole time. And she, she sent me 40 bucks. It went straight to my bank account. I was like, all right, cool. That's the shit. So, like, low-key, I evolved into a stripper. I learned how to get my tips, yeah. you know. Like, I tell if they don't have money, oh, I don't have singles. I got Bemo. I got Zell. What's mm. up? You really want to, or yeah? Or you just talk See, to shit? you learned how to like. It's almost a uh, fake it till you make it. Like yeah. I started like hearing what people say, and then yeah. you adapt to the language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you gotta get tips too. Yeah, dude. Venmo was. I remember one night this guy pissed me off. I probably talked to you in the chair in the front. I I can see where we were sitting, mm -hmm. and I was like, I told him I was like, I'm not doing a dance with you. And he was like, Well, let me give you a hundred bucks so you could talk to me. I was like, Venmo me a thousand dollars and I'll talk to you. Yeah. And he did it. That's right. That's <laughs> fucking right. And that, that doesn't happen that often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, yeah. if they, I think I remember that night too, and I'm pretty yeah. sure you tipped me like forty or like fifty bucks or yeah. something. You're like, JJ, I, I, I made a lot of money tonight. Yeah. Here anytime I made that, that one night that all those people came in and threw so much money, mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure I gave like a hundred bucks. Yeah, I was yeah. like, if if I made a good night, I tipped everyone really well mm -hmm. because it's like I only made money because the club was when you were protecting me and the dj was there only if everybody thought that way uh it's hard a mm -hmm. lot of people because it's so slow that like mm -hmm. when girls don't make money i feel like they are like if i give any money away i won't have any mm -hmm. but there's i feel like the relationship can be established through communication you know yeah like just three bucks three bucks will go a long so, way okay okay how about this let's go give a it. little course okay all right i'm a stripper and mm -hmm. i haven't made any money tonight mm -hmm. what would you want me to say to you I didn't do well tonight or like I didn't make money like some of the girls will be like yeah I didn't make money tonight it's, it's cool you always tip me when you do make money so mm -hmm. don't even trip they're like oh uh, be like hey can I carry your bag for you they're like no I didn't make any money I was like don't trip I'm still gonna carry your bag I'm still gonna open the door for you I'm still gonna be a gentleman yeah. because the ones that I do take care of I take care of all the way yeah. and the ones that want to just be stingy and I just want to kick down little three four five bucks whatever it is and just and that's the thing, too. Like, I see a lot of the girls are, like, alcoholics and addicts and stuff. Mm. And they just don't want to. They're, they're, I'm pretty sure their habit is more important than tipping security. Right. So they just want to get drunk. They just want to, like, be selfish. But it's okay, you know. They, they do what they do. They got to do their own thing. Yeah. And I just do me, you yeah, know. Yeah, you were never. I think the one thing, which I can't tell if it enabled me or it helped me to be honest about it, was, like, no one called me out. Mm -hmm. And I think in some ways, if anybody had... The only people that did were you and Vanessa, yeah. but you did it with love. Mm -hmm. But if someone would have called me out aggressively, I think I would have just avoided the club, got yeah. more fucked up and went to a different club. Probably. Because it, it's hard to face your behavior. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially when you're not ready, you know? Fuck no. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. Yeah. Imagine working at the club fucked up, though, on your end. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't have a job. Mm. easily i would probably get fired my first second day off because i can't control myself when i drink i can't just like i trip out on the customers that come in like you said 
casually drink, have half of a drink and just walk out. I do too. How? Yeah. Or like one drink and just like bounce. I'm like, bro, I'm staying here till they close, till I'm blacked and out, till, till you tomorrow. guys kick me out. Yep. Like, I don't know how you guys do it. I'm the same way. Yeah. I like, after I would, well, either I would drink my whole shift, do drugs, go home, continue doing it. Mm-hmm. Or I would take like an extreme amount of sedatives. And yeah. I'd be like, I got to go to bed. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I got to do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Like in my Uber. I Ubered to and from work every time too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, on my way home, I would either do cocaine in the Uber or I would take like a Xanax or Chug NyQuil or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a fucking, sobriety is hard. It is. And I see what it does to people. Like, I had seen you when we first started working. I don't know if... I don't think you were, like, that deep into it. You were still No, cool. I was still... Because the girl that I worked with, bless her fucking heart, I love her. Mm-hmm. She was like, you work at this club, it's a business. Like, you yeah. don't get to... Like, I was at home fucked up. Mm-hmm. But I would come to the club and I would, like... As much as I could, I would, like, not drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you first met me, I was trying so hard not to drink at the club. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I remember me and Vanessa, we just seen seen you, like, casually just go downhill, and we're just like, she needs Jesus. <laughs> what, she needs I remember help. one night, I, I think I did, like, Coke and uh, Molly. I don't remember what it was. Your eyes were rolling on the you stage. You were like, you're fucked up. Yeah. I think me and Vanessa were right there, and we're just like, we just looked at each other like, damn. Yeah. yeah. You guys were like, and that's when she talked to me, and she was like, I can't work with you when you're fucked up. Like, I love you. That's a good friend. Yeah. That's it, a really good friend. At first, I was like, how dare you? Yeah. And now I'm like, thank God for you. Yeah. She could have saved your life. Like, I've seen, you know, so many people. I've seen so many people overdose in my five years of sobriety. Yeah. Like, people younger than me, my age, younger. Like, it's just horrible. It's sad. I've gone to too many funerals in these five years. And yeah. my One of my best sober friends I actually met at the club. He, mm-hmm. like, came in with a group of people. And he was trying to get sober, and so was I. This was way before I actually got sober. Mm-hmm. And we went out to dinner with everyone, just casual. He was totally chill. And we kept in touch. He relapsed. I relapsed. I got sober. He got sober. We relapsed. We, like, kept in, t- in contact. Mm-hmm. And when I got sober this time, I think he had, like, six months. And I knew him all the way up until this year in January where he overdosed on fentanyl. Fuck. His first day out. Damn. Yeah, he was almost two years sober. Damn. It's It's hard. It's yeah. like these drugs are all laced and it's such a scary time mm-hmm. because like the smallest amount of fentanyl will kill you. Yeah. And people at the club are not testing drugs. Mm-mm. No one is. They're not being precautious, you know, and just take, taking those little fentanyl test kits. Yeah. You know, testing their stuff. Before I wish they, they were it. more accessible. Like they should have them in the bathroom or something. Yeah. Because if people are going to do drugs, just do them safely. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. Like, You're I don't care. playing with your life. You're playing with your life. Like. Yeah, I I know that for a fact when I just got lucky because I didn't test a singular drug I took. Yeah, same here. (laughs) Not one. Same here. Thank God I got sober before fentanyl came out because Mm -hmm. that shit probably would have been the the end of me, you know? Yeah. Because cocaine was my shit. Me too. That was my number one vice. Cocaine was my shit. Like Jack Daniels and cocaine. Like that was my whiskey and whiskey and coke was my shit. What was your normal like night like? Um, when I was really bad. Yeah. I wouldn't. I got so bad to where I didn't even want to go to the liquor store. Same. I would send people to go. I was drinking two bottles. I couldn't afford Jack Daniels anymore, so I was drinking Evan Williams, which is a whiskey no, bourbon. Oh, I know. I know it. Yeah. It was Basically like, drinking like Fireball at that point. Fuck. Not it was even. Like nine bucks, ten bucks for a, yeah. you know, a pint. 
So I was drinking two of those a day, drinking about a, uh, doing about a eight ball of cocaine a day. Mm. And like I said, I was very suicidal and I was ready to die. So like I was, you know, I've smoked heroin, I've smoked crack. Like the only drug that I did not touch intentionally was methamphetamine. I knew you were going to say that. Because my parents used to do it. And I've mm. seen what it does to the soul. I've seen how it kills people, how it just destroys people's lives. Yeah. It can destroy literally a whole generation, a whole generation of family like just fucking turn everybody to shit you Are, know? is your family sober your yes parents? thank god both of my That's sisters amazing. i'm the last one to get sober wow my older sober sister family. valerie she is probably about seven years sober hmm. my oldest sister celia she's about nine years sober and yeah i don't know if it has to do with what we you know how we grew up you know we bounced around from like nine ten different apartments hmm. in almani you know no stability that's why I'm working so hard on getting a house is because I, I don't know what stability is like, you know? Yeah. So I just That's want that. That's fucking amazing Yeah. that your family is sober. Mm -hmm. I know they're so proud of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No one in my family is sober. You know, I'm adopted, so my family is Catholic. My dad was a Catholic monk for 22 years, mm -hmm. and they're like, my dad's 82. Yeah. He doesn't drink ever. I've never seen him drunk in my entire life. Mm -hmm. No one in my family I've seen drunk. Yeah. Um, but you know, my biological parents were both alcoholics. Mm -hmm. One of them is sober and one of them is not. So oh, sure. yeah, it's, uh, it's in the blood for sure. That's what I was about to say. I, if it's it runs through the blood too. Cause my aunt tells me that like yeah. a lot of my grandparents, uh, my, my aunts and uncles died from cirrhosis and stuff, mm. all alcohol related. A lot of my family either yeah. had cancer or alcohol or cancer related deaths. Yeah, my little brother has one kidney. Oh, really? Yeah. He had kidney cancer. Oh, shit. Yeah, when he was young, but he's okay now. And yeah. he always tells me, he's like, I won't drink like you. And yeah. I'm like, you can't. <laughs> you <got laughs> you literally can't. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's a blessing. It's yeah. not, but I'm glad that he yeah. gets to see someone be sober. Because mm -hmm. I think if you have someone that you see and you want what they have, it yeah. does help. Mm -hmm. And eventually when you finally are like, I want help, you know who to go to. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, my little brother, my little brother, Benny. I call him my little brother. We've been friends since we were four years old. I got sober July 30th, and his birthday, June, July, August, it was August 6th. Wow. So he came over to my house seven days into my sobriety with a bottle of Jack Daniels. Oh, fuck. And Jack Daniels, uh, uh, what is it, the honey and the Jack oh. Daniels fireball. So he came over with like two, three bottles. And he was, I still had my black eyes from the cops beating me up, fractured wrist, fractured face, fucked up eye and all that shit. He was like, come on, bro, it's my birthday, just have a drink. And I'm just like, one. you don't think I don't want to fucking drink? Like, I'm in pain, I can't even see out of my right eye. I, I do want to fucking drink, but, like, you got to bounce, bro. Mm. And he was, like, pressuring me, and I just told him, like, if you don't bounce, I'm going to fuck you up, bro. With your black eyes? Yeah, like, I'm going to beat the shit out of you if you don't leave, bro. I love you, you're my little brother. I, happy birthday. But you can't be here, bro, mm. because I really want to stop drinking, and I've never felt this way. I've yeah. drank since I was 13 years old every single day, 13 to 26, 16 years, like, straight. I was hungover every single day. I don't know how people, honestly, I don't know how I did it. I would wake up. You get used to it. I don't think you ever get used to it. You just mm. deal with it. Yeah, that was my normal. Yeah, it's just like I remember waking up, brushing my teeth, and just feeling nauseous. I did and not brush to my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Ew, no. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, I, the same. I would every single morning, like, I didn't throw up when I drank because I did so much cocaine. Mm -hmm. But in the morning, the drip would make me throw up every morning. And I always chased with the blue Gatorade. So yeah. I always threw up blue. Oh, shit. Every single morning. And, you know, it's funny. My friends are like, how are you? Because I would, like, be hung, hung over. Like, mm -hmm. I know you know. Yeah. And I would still, I would get up. I would either continue drinking or you I would kind to. of, I would drink a shit ton of caffeine and then drink mm -hmm. just to try to, like, level it out. And my friends now are like, how did you? do that they have like two glasses of wine and they're hung over and they're like i'm mm -hmm. not doing i'm not drinking again Fuck that. but you just it's just the cycle of addiction mm -hmm. i would just drink to feel better about drinking yeah it's just that temporary band-aid you put over that wound you know yeah and when you wake up that wound is still there it's like throwing i always say like it's like throwing gasoline on your anxiety and on your depression you might like you know might chill for a little bit but in the morning that's just just gonna fucking it's engulf huge. in flames yeah. you wake up with fucked up anxiety and then anxiety leads to depression and then you're just all fucked up in your head you know yeah and i i had horrible like growing up i don't know if the same was for you but i know a lot of people uh, who suffer with addiction felt the same i like had irrational anxiety my whole life mm -hmm. like i would go and check and see if my parents were dead like i would put my finger under their nose like i thought they were gonna die i thought i was gonna die like mm -hmm. i couldn't even have sleepovers with people mm -hmm. and then i started drinking and i was like oh i don't feel anxious you know like I'm out. This is fun. This is nice. And then immediately once the alcohol wore off, I was the most anxious I've ever, ever been in my Fuck life. Fuck yes. The next, and then that's why you keep drinking. You just triggered a story in my head, my first drinking experience. Tell me. Because with my leg, I was always very self-conscious. I didn't like people looking at me. I didn't like people asking me questions. So I remember the first time I drank, I didn't give a fuck. Mm. All that anxiety, that pressure in my chest. I had the confidence to talk to anybody. I was laughing. I was just having a great fucking time. Fuck yeah. So I was like, I'm going to feel like this every, every single, single day. fucking day yeah. of my life. Same. I was like, why don't they lower the, the legal drinking limit? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking feel great. Yeah. that's and Well, for me also, I was like, I finally don't care what people think about me. Yes. Because I was so obsessed. I wanted to seem like I was so cool and so confident. And mm -hmm. in some ways, I still feel like I want to be perceived as that. Mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah. I really cared what people thought of me. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the second you gave me a drink or you gave me a drug, I know, in your opinion, didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that You're mattered just... was Miss Alcohol. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. and, then I, and then it was like a codependent relationship because in order to feel good about myself, I had to have alcohol. But then I hated it because I didn't want to have it. It's mm -hmm. so, that vicious cycle, man. I see some of these girls just turn into mad alcoholics. Mm. They go in. I see a lot of them. I know a lot of them are straight up alcoholics. We open up at 11. Some of them are there at 11. Already ordering, yeah, 11 a.m., ordering alcohol, like, not just a beer. They were ordering, like, fucking... Handles. Yeah, like, drinks and shit, like, hard liquor, you know, mixed well, drinks and shit. I've had this conversation a couple times with uh, another sober girl. Mm -hmm. I think alcoholism and addiction is a disease, but I also think sometimes it can be manifested by the products of your environment. Mm -hmm. And for me sex work did not give me alcoholism mm -hmm. but being assaulted every night you know having to do things that made me feel super super vulnerable mm -hmm. helped with the process of mm -hmm. my alcoholism it sped it up quicker because it was easy in that environment to get drunk mm -hmm. you get away with it there's no other job that like applauses you at 9 a.m 10 11 whatever yeah. for drinking yeah yeah mm -hmm. they want you to be drunk they want you to be looser it mm -hmm. works for them yeah you so make... I, I was applauded mm -hmm. you're making yeah. the money mm-hmm 
And so I don't, I feel like a lot of people who get into sex work, regardless of if they ever had, they might have had a problem, but it expedites it when you get into sex work. And that's why I always like to talk about like sobriety and sex work because you Mm -hmm. can do it. Yeah. It's, it's actually like for me, way better of an experience Mm -hmm. being sober and being in control and like seeing what I'm doing, Yes. being like able to stand up for myself and all of that. But when you're in it, you're in it Mm -hmm. and you can't see. Yeah, I would get I get scared for some of these girls that I see them blacked out, drunk, just walking around same. having no fucking business. I would Uber working. home. I I don't know if you remember Luna and that's Ryan. That's the same girl I was thinking about. I would. These are also dancer names, by the way. We're not just like yelling out people's like, <laughs> government name, but yeah. I would call them Ubers and yeah. I would get them in the Uber and they would tell me their address and like sometimes halfway on the way home they'd be like, oh, I told you my address wrong. Yeah. And I'd have to like call the Uber driver and be like, please just watch her. Mm-hmm. Um, and like one time I did like a double stop where like I went home with them and that went to my house because I was like, I don't trust anyone around you. Yeah. And they're like with customers and the customers are like laughing mm-hmm. and they're like fucked up. Yeah. Like fucked up. They don't give a shit. That's just, just comedy. It's entertainment to them. Yeah. And yeah. in some ways, like if they're a fucked up person, they see it as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what always scared me. Yeah. Even I would be super fucked up and I'd be like, I need to take care of this person. Mm-hmm. You just have to take, take charge and just make sure that that person gets home. Right. And that's yeah. also why I respected you because you did mm-hmm. that too. Yeah. Any other girls, I'd be like, you know, you got to go upstairs. You're too fucked up. Right. I would or help I them throw this. up. Yeah. <laughs> help them throw up or, you know, just like I see that these guys are just being too handsy or just... Like they're letting shit fly that they yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, they're letting shit fly that they wouldn't let fly if they were sober. And I, and I see that and I acknowledge it. I'm like, she has no business working right now. Like I've never yeah. seen her do this, but she's stumbling around the floor. Yeah. She needs to go home. Like the next day and they come home like, fuck, I fucking blacked out. And I was like, yeah. I knew you were blacked out. Like, you know, and I was trying to get you home, but now you're trying to fight me and shit or you're trying to like do some shit. All I'm trying to do is help you. They would get mad at you, but you were truly trying to help. Yeah. I would vouch for you. Yeah, I'd be yeah. like, don't be mad at him. Yeah, yeah. He sent you home. He didn't stop your money. You weren't making any money. Yeah. Do you remember when that girl got mad at me and stole all my belongings? I don't. Oh my God. One time, I think it was a night I was making a lot of money and I never talked about money ever, mm-hmm. but I was making good money that night. And I think like they knew cause I was in the back a lot mm-hmm. and my entire bag, my ID, my wallet, my keys, my life was stolen. Like, Fuck. yeah. And the, the, the <laughs> I stayed till the club closed and the, the owners actually, it was funny. I didn't talk to them a lot, but they knew I was like a good girl, I guess. Mm-hmm. They gave me a really oversized merch t-shirt. I remember that shirt. Yeah. I do. Re- I remember you walking out. Okay. I do remember. Yeah. I w- we were in the front. We yeah. were in the front right there and you're in the shirt and you're like some fucking bitch or some asshole stole my shit in the changing room. And I was like, what are you doing? wearing that big ass shirt like, yeah, they had a- all i had was my stripper heels and this big shirt yeah. yeah um yeah. and like that's how i went home i mean shit like that always happened but i was i think i think i was drunk probably so you know like again if i was sober i would have been like can you show me the fucking cameras yeah right run like, the cameras and shit you right know, do a little bit of investigation find out who did it all right but i was like whatever i just made money yeah <laughs> the fast cash is addictive i didn't care about shit yeah facts yeah so now and i feel like you felt that too because you get fast cash mm-hmm. when i see cash it reminds me of the strip club mm-hmm. i smell it yeah i'm like damn i should <laughs> i should go work you... singles in here <laughs> when you go to the bank are they like are you a stripper i usually at work i'll try and like I'll trade in, I'll rack them up in the hundreds. <laughs> Not the hundred yeah, stack the at the house, throw it. Stack, and then just your customers be like, hey, you want a hundred? And then oh, I'll just shoot a hundred and then deposit the hundreds. 
Smart. Yeah, and and they'll tip me too. See, do you see that this this business is making you like smart? Mm-hmm. It's teaching you. I've always been a hustler. I've always learned how to make money. I've always known how to make money. Like, because you don't have an option at the end of the day. Right. You have to figure it out. However you're doing it, this is how I. This is how I was making my money, and I'm gonna be the best at it. I'm gonna yeah. be the best at anything I do. You know, anything I put my mind to. Mm. Let's go motivational speech. Yeah. <laughs> But for real, and then you learn really quick. It's about adapting, because mm-hmm. everyone's always like, "Well, what should I do? Like, how do I get started?" And I'm like, "Okay, ta- one thing is just to take fucking care of yourself, but another is to learn how to easily adapt. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, you got to learn the language. You got to learn who not to talk to, what to do. You know how to. It's basically like your walking advertisement. Like mm-hmm. you have to vouch for yourself. Yourself. You want yeah. you want something to happen. You got to sell it." Mm-hmm. I feel like an auctioner sometimes, <laughs> like going for one thousand or blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> like that's that's how I felt at the club. But you you do that hustle too. Yeah. That's how you make tips. That's how you that's how you save for a house. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm gonna get that house soon. I believe you. I feel like we've covered so many things. Is mm-hmm. there anything else you want to talk about? I think that's about it. I'm grateful to have you on here. I feel like I I was expecting to talk more strip club stories, but I feel like addiction and overcoming cancer is the winner yeah that's such an inspiring thing mm-hmm. that's awesome amen the customer you're trying to reach is not available please call back